It's the weekend, so relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right, it's the Saturday Story Circle, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Chapter 32 Andy Parker stood on the rooftop of his building. It had rained most of the day and washed the thick grime from the air, along with much of the evidence left behind by the destruction of the crime cabal's headquarters the night before. There was something of a chill in the air tonight, and he drew his light jacket closer to him as he stared out at the lights of the city. It had been a difficult day, to say the least. After the inferno had claimed Fong's laundromat, he had turned around and found the red panda and the flying squirrel gone. He supposed it was folly for him to expect anything else, especially since they must surely have guessed that his original mission was not the destruction of the crime cabal, but exposing their secret identities, at least to the police. But there was still a pang of disappointment. A feeling that he couldn't escape told him that he had been a part of something larger for a brief time, and now he was once again just a man. It had been even more difficult to explain what had happened and how he knew that this subterranean disturbance was the death knell for the city's last big gang. Chief O'Malley alone had known of his mission, and it was in private conference with O'Malley that he was able to persuade the chief to excavate the supposed empty lot at the end of the tunnel under the rubble that had been Fong's shop. The newspapers were all over it already, and Jack Peters at the Chronicle had taken it upon himself to brand the entire enterprise a triumph for the Toronto police force in general, and O'Malley in particular. The other papers followed suit, and O'Malley had been forced to deflect requests for more information on the police operation that spelled doom for the cabal, without actually admitting that such an operation existed. Of course, that hadn't deterred Peters in the least, the Chronicle Evening Edition declared that unnamed police sources insisted that the chief's denials were to protect undercover men still in place, ready to protect the citizens of Toronto from a repeat of the vicious crimes of the past weeks. The entire thing seemed a little hasty to Parker, though he had seen such things happen in the press before. For the first time he found himself wondering if the masked mystery man he fought beside had a hand in any of it. He made a mental note to ask Jack Peters knowing full well that the newspaper man would never reveal a source. O'Malley had taken it all with more than a little humbug, but Parker knew that he was secretly pleased. He had seemed less pleased with Parker's investigation. Parker had not told him everything, of course, far from it. And as he repeated his paper-thin version of events for the fourth time, Parker began to wonder just who he was protecting. His own career, which made a certain sense to him, were these remarkable two people who flouted the law at every turn. O'Malley accepted that Parker had found himself more than once tangling with the forces of the crime cabal in his efforts to seek out the Red Panda, but he found it difficult to accept that Parker was ready to give up the chase. "'I won't pretend I'm not disappointed, Parker,' Chief had growled. "'You came closer to unmasking this menace than anyone ever has.' "'No disrespect, sir,' Parker had begun. "'But don't you think—' "'Well—' "'Go on,' O'Malley had said, gripping his pipe between his teeth. "'As you say, sir, uh, I got close.' Parker had to swallow hard to keep from tripping over the truth. "'But I got there by looking for the places where criminals were most likely to strike, and on a grand scale. 
Places where you'd try to be if your mission was to help ordinary people and bust up rackets. And it nearly worked, the chief had growled. With a little more time, sir, Parker had raised his voice in protest. If that's how you find the Red Panda, do we really want to stop him, sir? Can we really do everything he can do and do it better? I don't know the answer, sir, but maybe it's time we finally asked the question. O'Malley had regarded Parker with a cold stare for a long moment, then had dismissed him without another word. He had thought a minute after Parker left, then had picked up the telephone and arranged to have Constable Parker transferred downtown permanently. He would have to keep an eye on that young man. Andy Parker might very well turn out to be something of a cowboy himself, or the next chief of police. Maybe both, O'Malley had thought with a smile. Maybe both. Parker had finally returned home to his little apartment, tired and in need of a wash. He had felt the cool night air blow through from the little kitchen when he opened the door. He wondered how long he had left that window open. To his astonishment, as he crossed the floor to close the window, he saw his own service revolver sitting on the counter. This would not be remarkable except that he had lost the pistol when Professor Zombie had sapped him back in the lair of the crime cabal. Attached to the thirty-eight was a small note bearing a paw print in red ink and a single word. Roof. That was half an hour ago, and as Parker stamped his feet and waited, he wondered why they would call him and let him cool his heels. Finally, he turned to go back inside. He nearly jumped out of his skin when he found himself face to face with a bright red mask. The red panda had been standing silently behind him. The masked man grinned at Parker's reaction. Anything? he called. Parker stammered for a reply to a question that was not meant for him. At last he heard a voice call from across the rooftop. Nothing, boss! It was the flying squirrel balanced on the ledge, peering down the street. I think he came alone. Of course I came alone, Parker sputtered. Who would I tell? Who would believe me? An interesting point, she smiled as she sidled past him to stand beside her partner. She took a position at his right hand, just a step behind, and her eyes quietly darted to every possible shadow. With such a perfect sentinel, the red panda focused his unblinking eyes directly on Constable Andy Parker. You were hunting us, Parker, his voice challenged. Yes, Parker replied, meeting the gaze. What did you find? The flying squirrel turned towards Parker slightly, as if his answer were more important than any possible threat from outside. Only more questions, Parker said simply. Flying Squirrel smiled and went back to her duty with a toss of her hair. Such as, the masked man smiled. It was a disarming smile. The confident smile of a man who understood his place in a world gone mad. Parker envied that confidence. Parker opened and closed his mouth in astonishment. He had not been expecting to be asked. There were too many. Far too many. Why? he said at last, as if this single word could encompass every possible question. Why? Because someone has to, the red panda said simply. Look out at this city, Constable Parker. It is a great thing, almost a living creature, and yet it is as fragile as the weakest soul in it, and as dark as the darkest heart. The gaslights can't dispel all of the shadows. And within those shadows are men made desperate by hard times. 
Such men are more dangerous than beasts. People need a reason to hope. Someone has to bring the light of justice to those dark places, Constable Parker. It is what we do, because someone must. Parker turned back to face them. But now that the crime cabal's been routed, they were the last. You've cleaned out the organized gangs in the city. They'll be back, the flying squirrel declared. Besides, they aren't the only menace. We made a special project of them because every dollar and every dime they grift with their rackets comes out of the pockets of decent, hard-working people that don't have a thing to spare. But there are muggers in the alleys and rich men in the clubs who've lost it all and will do anything to get it back. And there are always high-powered lone wolves like Professor Zombie or Kid Chaos, the Red Panda took over. They stoop to conquer this time, but next time it may be something on a much grander scale. Next time, Parker stammered. They must have died. Yes, the red panda smiled. I've said that too many times to believe it until I see a body. Besides, there are others. And things you can't even begin to imagine, Constable. I see, Parker said simply. That was my question. What's yours? The red panda eyed Parker coldly. There was something about this young officer. The question I have, Parker, is what to do with you he said. You have done good work in the service of our cause, but you know more about the way we work than I'm entirely comfortable with, and you know the identity of at least one of my agents. Agents, Parker said. You mean Gregor Sampson? Agent 33, the Red Panda replied. 30, 33, Parker stammered. You have... Uh, how many do you have? That, the red panda smiled, is what we are here to determine. Do we have fifty? Or fifty-one? Fifty-one, Parker said, realization dawning on his face. You mean, you know something of my hypnotic powers, the red panda said with feigned casualness. Erasing your memory of these events would take no great effort. But it strikes us that you have potential. Talent, if you will. You could be useful... I took an oath to uphold the law, Parker said seriously. No one is asking you to break it, the Red Panda replied, though there would be another oath involved. No man may serve two masters, Parker said gravely. I ask you only to serve one. The glowing blank eyes seemed to peer through to his soul. Justice, Parker replied after a moment. We both serve justice. Well, what do you know, the flying squirrel beamed. He's the only one to ever get it on the first try. The second one, actually, the red panda reminded her gently, making her blush behind her mask, just a little. He turned back to Parker. The job is yours if you want it, Parker. The job? Andy Parker's head spun. What would I be? An informer? The word fell out of his mouth with no little contempt attached. We have our own means of getting police information when we need it, the Red Panda said, and a constable isn't generally well-placed, intelligence-wise. That sort of thing may come up from time to time, but you're of much more use to us as a man of action. Parker nodded more to himself than anything. Certainly there would be great risk in accepting this offer. His career, his freedom, possibly his life. But all of them paled in comparison to the thought of saying no and losing this opportunity. I'll do it, Parker said simply. What do I... I mean, when do I... We'll be in touch, the Red Panda said, turning quickly 
his great coat making a sudden sweeping sound, like the sail of a ship catching the wind as he walked towards the edge of the roof. Don't wait up, the flying squirrel beamed as she raced after him. But where are you? Parker's question was cut off as the two of them stepped off the rooftop and fell into the black of the night. Parker raced for the edge of the building, skidding to a halt just before reaching the ledge. Through the chilly night air, over the darkness of the city that needed heroes, Andy Parker could just see the shape of the girl in the steel-gray catsuit floating through the air at great speed. Beside her, suspended from a silken cord until he reached the side of a building to cling to, was the remarkable man of mystery he had set out to catch. Parker could still hear their laughter ringing through the night. It was the mad laughter of those that fought an impossible fight and did it gladly. It was the confident, joyous laughter of two people that knew their place in a dark world that needed their light. High on the roof of his building, Andy Parker felt the same laughter growing in his own heart for the very first time. The first time, he knew. But not the last. You have been listening to Tales of the Red Panda, The Crime Cabal, written by Greg Taylor and read by the author. The paperback editions of this book and the next in the series, Tales of the Red Panda, The Mind Master, are available now at Amazon.com. Dozens of full-cast radio-style adventures of the Red Panda and the Flying Squirrel are available for free download at DecoderRingTheater.com. Music cues used under license from SoundDogs.com. This recording is copyright 2010 by Greg Taylor. All rights reserved. Are you in the mood for a good laugh? (laughs) Or maybe a good scream? How about some childlike wonder? Or a thought-provoking mystery? Then get your ears ready for a treat, because the Mutual Audio Drama Network presents shows every day for your enjoyment. Each day is a different genre featuring the talents of a huge pool of audio drama masters. Oh, and some clever comedy creators as well. (laughs) Subscribe to the Mutual feed and get them all, or choose the genres you really love. You'll find the Mutual Audio Network at all your favorite places, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, EarBuddies, Podcast-O-Rama, Casting Call, Cod past and wherever quality shows are found. Okay, I made a few of those up. Or simply go online to MutualAudioNetwork.com. And of course, it's all free. Free. The Mutual Audio Drama Network. Listen and imagine together. Maintaining social distancing, of course.